Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast, the podcast that talks all about all things anime, all things manga, anything that you're kind of thinking Japan related, it's about anime, it's about manga, I'm going to be talking about it on this podcast, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host Ryan and I'm a massive anime and manga fan and I have been for many 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 years, since the 90s, since I was a kid and that fad has never truly ended. So a few things before we dive into today's episode, I've got a bunch of new anime pin badges over on my eBay shop for you to check out. There's One Piece ones, there's Pokemon one and there's some Jujutsu Kaisen ones with more being added to the range soon. I'm not entirely sure when, I need to kind of prep them first, but they are coming soon. Be sure to check out the first five pins are over, they're already live, they're already on the shop, go check them out. You won't want to miss out on them, they're great to add to hats, bags, like straps on stuff. Honestly, go check them out, I've kept some of them for myself to add to my bag, because I just couldn't let them all go, I needed to keep some for myself. And also, if you're into Funko Pops, much like myself, and like me, are also kind of addicted to them. I've got a 10% off code for you for OpticCollectibles.com and it's ChibiWeeb. So if you enter the code ChibiWeeb on OpticCollectibles.com, you'll save 10% off your order. Go check them out. They've got some exclusives and chase on chase what pops on there and also some like mystery boxes where it's kind of like you could get a chase, you could get a normal, who knows, it's all part of the Funko collecting fun. Go to OpticCollectibles.com for 10% off using the code ChibiWeeb. It is spooky season and on the podcast we'd be kind of going through different topics all surrounded around all things spooky for spooky season. It's my favourite time of year. I love Halloween, love spooky season. So I had to had to do the podcast themed out for the week, for well for the month with each week having a different spooky theme around anime and manga. And this week is no different. So this episode will be all about one of the most iconic creators of Japanese horror manga, Junji Ito. And he's like the Japanese Stephen King. I'm sure some of you will be, will recognise that name. If not, we'll introduce you in this episode. Junji Ito is a name that is synonymous with Japanese horror and all things spooky. He's famous for his striking arc style and the topics of his stories. His works are famous the world over, and some have been made into some anime adaptions as well. So let's dive into who Junji Ito is, his background, his work that made him famous, and ones that you should check out from the anime adaption this spooky season as well. Junji Ito was born on July 31st, 1963, and he's a Japanese horror manga artist, or mangaka as they're called. Some of his most notable or most famous works, I guess, include Tomi, which is about a immortal girl who drives her stricken like admirers to pure madness. And we'll talk about that one in a little bit further, but there's also Uzumaki, which is a three-volume series about a town obsessed with spirals, and we've got Gyo, a two-volume story in which fish are controlled by a strain of sentient bacteria called the Death Strange. And his other works include the Junji Ito Horror Comic Collection, a collection of a kind of like a lot of short stories, and Junji Ito's cat diary, Yon and Mu, which sounds very cute. It's a self-parody about him and his wife living in a house with two cats. That one sounds like a complete one 360 compared to his other work, but... 
is also famous for that. But Junji didn't start off as a mangaka at first. Ito loved all things spooky and horror, though, since being a kid. But his first manga was about a protagonist with an eye in the middle of his hand attacking him. And that kind of reminds me of Parasite, that anime and that manga, that kind of vibe. But Ito studied and graduated from a vocational school with a degree in dental technology before working as a dental technician, where he worked for three whole years until he became a full-time mangaka. So I often find it interesting when people kind of, they make their hobby their job and they make their passion their job. I think that's the best thing you could possibly do. That's your best outcome, isn't it? When your hobby and your interest becomes your full-time job and you get to do what you love every single day and get paid for it at the same time. And I find it interesting that Ito had a very different out uh, beginning to what his outcome of being a mangaka was. But Ito found anatomical interest in the books for his medical studies, which he used to study muscles and the body, that kind of stuff. And he's also cited stating that the schooling gave him more inspiration for his tools in drawing, namely pens and how to use like whittle pencils like dentures. So I guess his background and early interest gave him a kind of a head start with knowing the human body quite well and he could draw on this later on in his career as a mangaka instead and kind of I guess that's kind of that kind of education and that kind of knowledge would really help with the body horror side of his storytelling and his artwork and I think that really does come through but we'll talk about that in a little bit more later on but Tomi was inspired by the death of one of his classmates, unfortunately. Ito felt strange that a boy he knew suddenly had disappeared from the world, and he kept expecting the boy to show up again. From this came the idea of a girl who is supposed to have died, but then just shows up as if nothing had happened. So it's interesting that some of these could be pure reflections on Ito's life growing up, and think that's kind of interesting that that's where this inspiration kind of comes from. Gyo was influenced by his childhood anti-war feelings due to his parents' tragic and frightening war stories and the shark attack scenes from Jaws. Two colliding worlds there, two colliding things, but that's interesting that one's from pop culture and one's from quite a quite an emotional, tragic side about war. That's quite interesting. And we see that quite a lot in, I've mentioned other mangakas that have that kind of theming or that kind of inspiration in their in their work. And I think that's kind of interesting to see very, very sentimental themes come through in artists' work. The Hanging Balloons was based on a childhood dream. Long Dream was inspired by his sister mentioning research or dreams being instantaneous. That sounds quite abstract. And Slug Girl was inspired by Ito moving his tongue around in the mirror and finding it resembled a slug. I think some of those some of those sound a little bit more playful as inspirations than anything else, but that's a nice mix. But his work is very mixed. He's done a lot of work, and before researching this podcast, I wasn't entirely 100% aware of how much work Ito had actually done in his career. So Ito has written over 100 stories, with 24 of these being made into a collection of anime adaptions, and later on, I'll give you some recommendations of ones you should check out of that anime adaption as well. But Ito's work consists of many subgenres of horror. 
and mainly being host to subgenres of body horror and kind of cosmic horror. Um, but much of his work is based solely in those themes, those kind of genres, with other themes including a relationship to of predator and prey, which we see a lot in horror, and a loss of humanity and obsession being common. So I think those are there's a mix of more kind of um, physical horror of the predator and prey, and then there's kind of the psychological horror and the loss of humanity and obsession, which I find sometimes is much scarier because it's things to do with the mind than the body. I think the mind is a very, can be a very scary subject in that relation because, you know, it's so, so interesting and deep from that sense. But the Ito universe depicts a cruel and dark world. His characters often find themselves victims of unnatural circumstances, malevolent characters for no discernible reason or punished out of proportion for minor events or tasks against an unknown and incomprehensible character or natural order of stuff. He takes inspiration from his own fears as well, including death, war, which we've mentioned, insects and being watched. That's an interesting one, I thought, that the inspiration for some of these came from him being watched himself. I don't know if that's maybe something from being famous and being in the spotlight. Maybe that comes from that. Maybe his own fame has inspired some of these works. But that's an interesting one, more of the psychological one again. But Ito has been cited that saying he draws from the manifestation of the mind becoming reality and represented this in body horror. Uh, One thing that has made him famous is his art style, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. His art style, you can Google some of the pages from the manga, are super iconic and that's what helped made him famous for his use of texture and when you look at the art it is so so intricate it's super creepy and it's that kind of artwork that you kind of you need to you need to look away from but you just cannot you need to look it for a long time to spot all these little details all the little pen marks all of the things in the background and things that you may miss you kind of end up staring at it for a really long time, which I think makes it more scary, that makes the stories more scary. But I always think that the mind of creators who create this kind of work and other works are on this kind of themes, fascinating. I always wonder how how do they think and how does their mind work to come up with these stories and does it scare them? Do they get scared making their own work? How creepy... How are they scared if they make this work? I think that's fascinating. So in his career, Ito began to draw manga at the age of four, taking inspiration from the works he read in various magazines, and he continued to draw as a hobby until he became a dental technician, which we've mentioned back in 1984, where he kind of struggled to find a balance between these two. So in 1987, he submitted a short story to Monthly Halloween, I've mentioned this magazine uh, earlier on in the podcast and another episode and it's like a Japanese magazine that celebrates all things spooky and Halloween themed and I need this magazine. It sounds incredibly cool. I love the idea of having a yearly round Halloween magazine but it won an honourable mention in the Kazoo Yuzumi Prize 
where that author was actually a judge of the event and the story ran for 13 years and this was actually serialized as Tommy. So because of him submitting this and getting put in at monthly Halloween, that became one of his most famous stories. But there are there are the really famous ones which we've mentioned, but there are specials and uncollected one-shots that is made as well. So there's Demon's Voice, Ghost Heights, Management Association, there's Junior Ito Snow White, Layers of Fear, Mountains of God, Principle of the Unknown, Mr. Inagawa's Ghost Story Treasure Box, I like the sound of that one, Mystery Pavilion, Return of the Hanging Balloons, which sounds like a sequel, She is a Slow Walker, that one sounds like something we can all relate to, it's horrible being stuck behind someone that's slow walker. Soichi Possessed, The Summertime Graduation Trip, and Tomi Takeover. So some of these sound like one-shot follow-ups or sequels to some of his most famous works. He's won multiple awards for his work or gained recognition for it. So Ito's work, Yuzumaki, was nominated for an Eisner Award in 2003 and 2009. In 2019, Ito received the first ever, or his first, sorry, Eisner Award for his manga adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein for Best Adaptation from Another Medium. That sounds really interesting. I do really want to try and check that out. In 2021, Ito received two more Eisner Awards, he collects these, I guess, for his work Remner and Verses in the Blind Spot receiving Best US Edition of International Material Asia and Best Writer Slash Artist. So he's won multiple of these Eisner Awards and his trophy cabinet must look awesome with all those on. But we have mentioned a lot of the artwork, we mentioned his background, but this is an anime podcast, so which of the anime adaptions should you check out? There is a Junji Ito collection on Crunchyroll, it may maybe on other streaming services as well, but I mentioned that earlier, and I do wonder, before we get into the list, I do wonder why only 24 out of the 100 stories he's made made it into the collection. I I wonder why. But anyway, that's not for me to challenge, I guess. But I've chosen two out of the 24 episodes that you should check out. Now, I've not done this to be lazy, but I've only chosen two episodes because they cover four of the Ito stories. So I think they're that's a good roundabout exploration for the first. Maybe you've not checked out the Junjinto collection. I've not watched all of it, I have to say, but these ones were great, and I thought these ones were a good introduction to the Junji Ito universe, I guess. So the first one was episode two, which is, this one contains two stories, like most of them, or all of them, which is called Fashion Model, and this one centres around screenwriter Iwazaki, and as he becomes increasingly unsettled with a horrific-looking model. Fuchi, that was cast in a film he wrote, as they filmed their movie Deep in the Mountains, it turns out that Iwazaki's unease was for good reason, and that Fuchi was just a monster as she seemed. And this one also contains The Long Dream, which we mentioned a little bit earlier, this one is one of his most acclaimed ones, like I mentioned, and involves three central characters, which is a neurosurgery patient named Manri, a psychiatric patient named Tetsuro, and their attending physician, Dr. Kuroda. And Mami reports seeing the Green Reaper walking past her door each night and begins to worry about dying. 
but Dr. Kuroda tells her it's only Tetsuru walking, taking a nightly walk. However, Tetsuru's body is frail and decrepit due to a strange phenomenon that makes his dreams last for years. That one was really interesting. I thought both of those were slightly nice contrast to each other. So that's kind of the, you don't get two of the same kind of story style in these episodes. So perfect. And episode 11 is my next one to recommend. And this one has two more stories, but these ones walk on the more supernatural side of stuff. So the first one is in this episode is called Supernatural Transfer Student. And this one centers on a group of students interested in a bizarre and unexplainable stuff. So when the group meet a transfer student named Tusano, I'm going to say that again, Tuscano, sorry if I butcher these names, more and more strange things start to happen and suddenly the group find themselves in dangerous circumstances. This one I kind of liked because it's kind of a little bit more what you'd see in a western movie I guess. It's kind of you know the group of kids they go to a spooky place, things start to happen, classic. And the second one is called Scarecrow. It's a story about a father who attempts to keep a young woman named Toisho from playing his respects at the grave of his daughter. Yuki, the father, takes the scarecrow from a neighbouring field and stakes it into the grave to deter Tosho. However, soon the scarecrow begins to change, taking on human features similar to Yuki, his daughter's. Other grieving families follow in the footsteps of Yuki's father, but soon it's discovered that the dead are no longer silent in this new scarecrow form. This one I liked because it was something very different. I'd not really seen or I would say read because it's a manga as well. I've not really experienced a story like this before, so I thought it was very different. But another notable mention from the collection is there is also a three-part adaption of the work we've mentioned already, the very iconic Tomi piece of work. So Tomi is actually a three-part episode in this collection. So if you're kind of wanting to explore a more really iconic piece of work definitely do check this out the manga centers on the character which is a mysterious beautiful woman named Tomi identified by her sleek black hair and a beauty mark below her left eye Tomi acts like a succubus possessing an undisclosed power to make any man fall in love with her through her mere presence or through psychological or emotional manipulation she drives these people into jealous rages that often lead to brutal acts of violence. Men kill each other over her and women are driven to insanity as well, though there are some who are strong enough to resist her. Tomi is inevitably killed time and time again, only to regenerate and spread her curse to other victims, making her effectively immortal. So that one is his most famous piece of work, three-part series, so why not check that out as well if you're wanting more of an iconic piece of, an iconic piece of Junjito, I guess. So I hope this has given you a bit of an overview of this Japan Stephen King, I guess, Junjito. He is very iconic. He, He, his work is just synonymous with Japanese horror. So if you're wanting to get into the anime or manga horror genres and kind of explore the most spooky side of the medium, this is a great place to start. Everything he does is very considered, but it's very detailed. The art inside the manga, the art inside the manga is better than what is shown on the anime, I have to say. 
because it's hard to replicate his art style that's very specific into an anime. I assume I'd never tried to make an anime, so I wouldn't know, but I can only assume that's why it doesn't look like copy copy of it. But the manga are definitely worth checking out. There are some pages of it, so if you're not if you're unsure whether to commit to them, you can check out some of the pages online. And there may be some on some manga platforms as well. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked, I have to be honest, but worth a check out as well. There are plenty of online tools on there for you to kind of explore manga for free or a set price or a monthly trial, that kind of thing. Have a look. It's spooky season. It's worth a go. But let me know if you decided to check out any of the anime from the collection. What did you think of them? Do you have any more from that list? Do you think, oh, this was actually a really good one. I really enjoyed this. And have you read the manga as well? Have you already read them? Which one is your favourite Junji Ito story? There's so many to read. So I haven't read them all. I haven't watched them all either. So definitely let me know. Find me on social media. Leave a review. It's free. It takes a few seconds. And let me know in the review if you what you thought of the anime, what you thought of the manga, and which is your favourite Junji Ito story. And I hope you have an awesome spooky season. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking this out. I really do appreciate every single listen, every follow, every download. It really does mean a lot. From one weeb to another, thank you so much. If you're wanting any anime merch, head over to my social media links. Find me on social media, find me on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you'll see a link to my eBay shop where I have a bunch of anime themed prints for you to check out with worldwide shipping. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Well, bad press is always... what. Well, no, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so... A rating and a review would be great. It really does support the show, so thank you so, so much for whatever roof can review you do leave. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club? There are three tiers of membership, Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan, and Chibi Mega Fan, with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads and much much more including exclusive behind the scenes videos photos and more of how i create my prints and anime themed artwork if you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you then why not check out my patreon the link's down below i'm sure you'll love being a part of the chibi weeb fan club sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task However, I have some anime-themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime-themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more, with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk, with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime-themed cards over on my Instagram, with my links being over on there. Search Chibi Weeb Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. 
I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.